0: American Catholic History is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give.
1: Hello and welcome to American Catholic History. I'm Noel Heaster Crow
0: and I'm Tom Crow.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about Margaret Hari, who's known as the most interesting woman in New Orleans. But Tom, she wasn't originally from New Orleans, was she? No,
0: she was actually born in Ireland in 1813. When she was five years old, she emigrated to America with her parents and two of her siblings. And uh, they came and settled in Baltimore. Four years later, when she was nine, there was a yellow fever epidemic that broke out. Both of her parents and her younger sister died. And her older brother abandoned her. So here, here she was, nine years old in a strange country, when she had lost her entire family. She was taken in by a Welsh woman, where she worked in her home to to earn her keep. Uh, and then at 21 years old, she married another Irish immigrant named Charles Harry. And um, Charles was a man with slightly fragile health. So they decided shortly after getting married that the best thing for his health would be to move to New Orleans.
1: Strange, they would move to New Orleans. I mean, it's so humid there and everything.
0: Yeah, with the uh, you know, the bayou and whatnot. Yeah, they have frequent e- epidemics in, in New Orleans with uh, cholera and yellow fever and whatnot. The move actually did help Charles's health for a little while, but uh, and during this time, their daughter Frances was born. Sh- shortly after Frances was born, there was another yellow fever outbreak. Charles decided, you know, to avoid the problems that that might cause for his health. He decided to take a voyage to Ireland. He thought that sea voyage could help his health. So he did, but it didn't. He actually died before arriving in Ireland. So here was Margaret alone with her daughter for a little, just a very short time though, because then her daughter died in short order.
1: That's awful. I just don't know what I would do if that happened to me. I think I'd probably just curl up in a ball and decide to quit.
0: Yeah, so she was 23 years old and she would lost her entire family for a second time. She was actually re- re- uh, recorded to have said, My God, thou hast broken every tie. Thou hast stripped me of all. Again, I am all alone. She had thoughts of despair, but she, she didn't lose her faith.
1: So what did she do in this situation?
0: Well, she went to work as a laundress in the St. Charles Hotel, which was right across the street from an orphanage run by the Sisters of Charity. And she, she loved sitting in her, during her breaks and watching the children play.
1: Yeah, I bet she felt a lot of affinity to those orphans, being that she had lost her whole family a couple of times.
0: Oh, sure. She had real compassion on the children. She actually began to donate her time and um, money to the orphanage. Eventually donating up to two thirds of her income and when she noticed that the orphanage needed a more steady supply of milk, she bought two milk cows to supply them with milk. She had enough milk that she was able to expand that the two cows to a herd of forty and she had so much surplus that she was able to sell it door to door milk cream uh, milk and cream and cheese and all that good stuff. When there was a local bakery that that needed a loan, she was able to supply the loan shortly thereafter when the bank when the the bakery was still having difficulty and was almost going to go into bankruptcy, she came in, took over, and almost overnight made it a wild success. She became known as the bread woman of New Orleans. She called it Margaret's Bread. Everyone around knew her bread business, even people who had never known that she had this previous dairy business. So, yeah, she really expanded what she was up to.
1: It sounds like Margaret was a really amazing businesswoman. Sure. But she never learned to read or write, did she?
0: No, no. She, um, she just had this amazing drive to help. She wanted to help the orphans, especially you know since she herself had basically been an orphan twice um, over the course of her life she actually paid to build four orphanages herself and donated lots of money to centers for women and families she she wanted to make sure also that all of them had programs for the children to learn how to read and write, and also things like sewing and other skills that the children could then use later in life to support themselves, to help out.
1: So, but through all this success, Margaret um, just remained generous, right? She continued to give food to the poor.
0: Yes. Everyone in New Orleans knew where to go when they were starving. Margaret could be found sitting on—she had this chair she would always sit in in the doorway of her bakery. She could always be found there. She was happy to give out food. But if she gave out a loaf of bread, she would make sure she cut it in half so that it couldn't then be sold for money for alcohol or drugs or something else.
1: So very generous, but also wise. She
0: was street smart.
1: So— You've told me the story about Margaret and a Civil War general that you say you really love because it shows her indomitable spirit. Could you say something more about that?
0: Absolutely. I'd love to. So during the Civil War, uh, New Orleans was quickly occupied by the Union Army. Martial law was imposed, and the the Union military uh, commander, General William, uh, excuse me, General Benjamin Franklin Butler, he had barriers erected, and he instituted curfews to limit the freedom of the populace to move around to help keep down any possible insurrections. Margaret was undeterred; she she ignored these things because to her the most important thing was making sure people were fed. There were food shortages because of the war, and she she went around just helping, regardless, risking being arrested, risking risking being shot on sight or hanged for her for her crimes, but that didn't bother her. Eventually, General Butler did have her arrested and brought before him. When he ordered her to obey the barriers and the curfew laws, Margaret asked him, Is it President Lincoln's order that the poor be starved to death? General Butler responded, quote, You are not to go through the picket lines without my permission. Is that clear? Margaret responded, Quite clear. Then General Butler clarified, You have my permission. And Margaret kept on doing her thing.
1: Margaret spent so much time in her life doing good for other people, but let's talk about the end of her life. What happened then?
0: So after the war, her bakery flourished and her fame spread. She was visited by people from all levels of society. The rich and the rich and powerful came to get her counsel. The poor uh, came to her because they knew that she would help them. Um, she, she became known as the mother of the orphans, the angel of the Delta. A lot of people would call her just Our Margaret. Uh, as, as 69 years old, she contracted uh, an unknown incurable disease and she lingered in the care of the Sisters of Charity who had run the orphanages that she had helped. Um, she was visited by many. She actually received a critical crucifix and a blessing from Pope Pius IX, and after she died, that crucifix was actually on her casket. Uh, When she died in uh, February of 1882, her death was considered a public calamity. The newspapers were edged in black. Her her, her funeral was offered by the Archbishop of New Orleans. There are 13 priests there. The pallbearers included two lieutenant governors of New Orleans and the procession was led by the mayor of New Orleans. That's how much love the entire city had for her. It's how much they viewed her death as just a terrible, terrible thing. And actually, when her will was read after she died, they were astounded by how much money she still had because she lived so frugally. She lived so simply. She only had two dresses. Uh, but she ended up, she divided up all of her remaining wealth among many institutions around the city, orphanages and women's centers. And she, because she, as she would say, they are all orphans alike.
1: It's really amazing that this humble woman from Ireland came to our country and made such a huge impact in one city. Margaret had such an impact. And that's why the first monument to a woman erected in the United States was erected in her honor in New Orleans. The monument wasn't paid for by public money, but by small donations from people like those orphans who she had helped. The monument depicts Margaret, a short, stout Irish woman seated in her chair with an orphan leaning in from a hug, showing that motherly spirit for which she was so well known. On the base of the monument is just one word, Margaret. No further identification was necessary. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noel hester Crow
0: And I'm Tom Crow.
1: Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest.